Hello, 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 and welcome to Real Conversations. I hope all is well. I pray all is well. And if it is not, trust and believe that it can and it will get better. So this message that I'm coming in with is a little heavy, and it may be triggering for some people. And um, if this triggers you by any means, um, I urge you to, uh, you know, speak to someone. Uh, If it's that triggering and you need to speak to a therapist, do that. You know, everybody has different stories. Everybody has different testimonies and everybody are is in a different place on their journey. Right. So this may be a trigger warning for some people because some people will probably be so completely unaware. They didn't even realize um, that this was a prevalent issue. Right. So um, this message is for my ladies to bring awareness. And then this message is also for the men who may listen to my podcast to uh to start doing some introspection and trying to learn to be more understanding, more loving, compassionate, sympathetic, and empathetic to the woman in your life. And I'm not talking about to your several women. I'm talking about the woman in your life. And so a while back, I came across a video of a woman speaking on this same topic but it's interesting because I came across a post on Instagram and I wrote his name down because I really loved his message. And he gave a very different type of approach to this type of situation. And his name is Brick City Buddha. And he he posted a video of him stating that him and his wife had a very busy weekend, you know, a very busy, stressful week taking care of all of the things that I'm not speaking verbatim, but basically they had a very busy week and uh, they were tired and he, you know, wanted to have a physical encounter with his wife. But when he, I guess, saw his wife or whatever, he realized that she was just cuddled up on the couch or the bed or wherever watching cartoons. So he refrained from, um, you know, from any kind of sexual activity just to allow her to be in whatever space that she was in. That is a man who is aware. That is a man who is attentive to his woman's needs. That is a man who respects boundaries. That is a man who understands that that's who she needed to be at that time and to allow her the space to be whatever it is that she needed to be in that moment. And he said, because she never really watches cartoons. So apparently there was something in her that needed to, uh, either foster or remember or embrace that eight-year-old her, you know, that child like her, whatever it is, right? And a lot of the times when we become adults, we forget, um, not forget, but, you know, we, we feel like, oh, we're grown, that like we can't still be childlike. You know, we still can't, um, you know, just enjoy the simple things like a child would do. And so he didn't, you know, hooray, he didn't bother her. And apparently someone, and and I'm going to read the message, someone 
said, a good woman is always ready. And why does it have to be a good woman? And this is the mindset. Apparently, another woman went into this man's comments and said, a good woman. As if, just because she was over there minding her business, you know, just enjoying her little quiet time, you know, enjoying some cartoons just being in that whatever energy she was in at that moment her husband understood it and he respected it and he left her alone to be that whatever she needed to be for herself in that moment and he didn't want to be intrusive with his own personal selfish needs so this woman said and i quote a good woman is always ready a woman said this it says child we can swap it out she can come be eight with my kids and they daddy lol there is never a time when a wife is supposed to say no literally never a wife is a possession a good woman is to be subservient to her husband i'm all for being a goofy woman but i know when to cut it off and i would never say it felt like an eight-year-old Sounds like she may have some childhood trauma she needs to heal from. Saying it saying it healed her eight-year-old self would be better. But feeling like an eight-year-old in a 34-year-old's body laying next to your husband, husband's morning, I guess, erection or whatever, is wild. Now, this is a person, in my opinion, who is who was conditioned conditioned and manipulated to accept essay in a relationship and I'm going to break it down to you and I'm going to tell you why what does that have to do with her being a good woman or not it has nothing to do with her being a good woman she can be, obviously this man chose her to be his wife obviously this man is an intellectual he's intelligent he has you know apparently i don't really know him i just recently started following him and you know so i haven't really i'm not familiar with all of his videos but apparently this man chose this woman so apparently he loves this woman and it shows that he's attentive to his wife's needs because he clearly said she normally don't do that and he allowed her to be in that space and then when you know the time was right he went back and he asked her like hey you know you was watching cartoons and everything she said yeah i don't know i just felt like watching cartoons and there was no rhyme or reason behind it but the fact that he allowed her to be who she needed to be in that moment shows that he respects his wife and he has boundaries he respects her boundaries you understand there's a time and a place for everything there's nothing wrong with having sex there's nothing wrong with being intimate with your partner, but it's knowing your partner's body language, understanding where they are, what you know, what it is in the moment. So this woman is apparently unhealed and she feels the need to perform out of obligation because she is this man's wife. And it has nothing to do with being a good woman. You can be the most amazing woman to your husband. Treat your husband well. Cook clean. Take care of the kids. Take care of the finances. Take care. You could be a good woman. 
But what does a good woman have to do with you sacrificing your body? Now I'm going to tell you why. When I was in a very unhealed and toxic situation for years, for years, it took a toll on me mentally, spiritually, emotionally, and physically. When I tell you I literally went through everything dealing with this very um, toxic and unhealthy man. And now that I'm in, I'm not comparing because you can't compete where you don't compare. And now that I'm in a very healthy relationship, a loving relationship, a committed relationship, and it's a safe space for me, I am more than willing, ready, and able to give whenever because I don't feel the obligation or the pressure to perform. I don't feel that I am subjected to just having sex with him to please him because I'm his woman. My partner is very attentive to my needs to the point where sometimes he like, you you know, you do too much. You need to rest or you need to relax. Oh, if I, if I even sniffle, this man is running to get me tea. This man will make sure I, I got it. Don't worry about it. You just go and rest. You relax. You do what you, you know, you, I don't want you sick. This, this man, when I say so attentive to my needs, we can watch a movie. We can cuddle. We can have jokes. We can flirt. We can touch each other. Finish. We can do all of that without it having to lead to the actual sex. He knows when to give me a kiss, when to hug, when to cuddle. He, when I tell you, he knows when something is wrong with me. When I say he's all around attentive, he knows me very well. Whereas when I was in that very unhealed and toxic relationship, well, situationship with that very toxic man that I was dealing with, I completely felt like when I say mentally, spiritually, emotionally, physically, everything was off. So, of course, you can't perform. Of course, you don't want to uh, be in it, it. Don't you don't want to. You can't be intimate with somebody who is abusing you. Who's manipulating you. And I'm going to tell you why. So when you're in a very unhealthy and toxic relationship. And your your partner does not care. Your partner. You hear what I said? You, when your partner does not care about your overall health. Mental health. Spiritual health. Emotional health. Physical health. They're not attentive to you. And they feel that you are solely there to serve them. They don't care. If you're sick, they still want you to have sex. If you're tired, they still want you to have sex. If you're overwhelmed, you're angry, depressed, going through anxiety, dealing with the stress and pressures of life, uh, bills, the kids, family issues, your cycle, whatever it is, they don't care. They still want you to perform as long as you are serving their needs. That is the difference. And if you don't perform for them when they want you to perform for them, they will guilt you, they will manipulate you, they will coerce you, they will pressure you, they will make you feel like something is wrong with you because you don't want to perform for them. You don't want to put out for them. Those are toxic men. Those are unhealed men who are not attentive to their woman's needs. Because as a man, if you are taking care of your woman mentally, spiritually, emotionally, physically, and I didn't say financially. 
I didn't say financially because people get it twisted. They always think about money first. No. But if this woman is not being nurtured or cared for or loved properly, why would she? She would feel obligated. She wouldn't... Sex is just not for the men. It's for the woman as well. The woman should be pleased as well. And understand, sex usually happens outside of the bedroom. It starts with the little things that you do for your partner throughout the day. Little gestures. A light kiss. A flirt. A light rub. Whatever it is. Whatever works for you and your partner. Right? But if this man is emotionally not connected to you, spiritually not connected to you, mentally not connected to you, you think that just automatically the light switch is going to go on? No. I'm telling you, when I was in that very toxic and unhealthy relationship, when I tell you I felt disgusted, I didn't even want this man to touch me. There was nothing that was in that relationship outside of sex. Once I removed the sex, it was just like, oh my God, this man would have tantrums if I didn't want to have sex with him. He would try to get, oh, if you don't do it, somebody else will. Oh, somebody else. Like it was always something. It was just felt like nothing but pressure. If I was having a bad day and and I would be like, oh, my foot, my foot hurt. Okay. You know, oh, I'll rub your foot. He would rub my foot. And then automatically it's like I had to perform. Like automatically, it's like he was expecting sex. If my back was hurting because I suffer from back pain, if he give me a massage, all of a sudden, here we go. I, I got to have sex with him. People don't understand that there's a difference between having sex and having intimate and a partner nurturing and caring and loving you without, without having the act of sex. And just because you are in a relationship, you don't ne- you don't have to always have sex. There's more to a relationship than just having the act. And this is why I say so many people don't realize that sexual assault and sexual abuse is so prevalent and high in relationships. How do you how do you explain or tell people that you're being manipulated or you're being coerced or you're being like forced or you feel obligated? And then this is how they guilt trip you and manipulating you into having because you're like, oh, now I got to perform because if I don't perform somebody, he's going to go find somebody else. When nine times out of 10, they already have somebody else. Trust me. I know I've been there. Trust me. I know I've been there. And I have several stories and several accounts where I was just like, this man does not care about me. I could have a migraine. He still wants to have sex. I could just be sick or in bed and not feeling well. He still wanted to have sex. I um, uh, let me see. I, I I had a hysterectomy. One of the situations I had a hysterectomy. You know, you have a hysterectomy. That's a major surgery. Like this man could not. Like he was like trying to force me, and I was just like, I don't feel it. Like I don't feel. Even though the doctor has cleared me, and even though I, the doctor said I'm okay and that I can resume normal activity, does not mean that I'm. That I know my body. And this, he would get angry. He would get mad. He would throw tantrums. He would have a fit. I mean, like, who wants to be in that? It's like, as soon as you, it's like, oh, your period is coming. Like, mind you, he was cheating. He had other women. He had other, who knows, other women, other men, I don't know. And then I came to understand and I learned that this man was a narcissist. And if you know anything about narcissists, they don't care. 
as long as you're giving them what they want and what they need, they don't care about you. They have no empathy. They don't respect you. They don't love you. And so I say all of this to say for people to come on social media and to make these kind of posts. And, you know, women have been conditioned that they have to perform. They have to. Like as if we have no say, we have no rights over our bodies. And this is why I say there's so many and people won't talk about this, but there's so many women who are pregnant or who had kids that they did not want. And because of the pressure from society, they have these children. They have these children. And in certain states, you, you, they, they, they're fighting for, they're still up to this day fighting for abortion rights. Fighting for rights over their body. Like women, we cannot, we cannot, we, it's like they don't want us to have governance over our own bodies. But then they tell the woman, oh, well, you know, you, you open your legs, but these men force you to. They coerce you. They manipulate you. They mentally abuse you. They mentally assault you. They play these mind games and they, just to get what they want. This is why we see so many women in the predicaments that they're in. And, you know, women go out and they try to raise their kids to the best of their ability. But I'm quite sure if a lot of women were honest and told the truth, they had kids that they did not want. Not that they don't love their kids, not that they hate their kids. But trust me, they probably wish they didn't have. My grandmother had 14 children. And I'm quite sure she probably didn't want half of them. 14. My mother had four kids. My mother experienced some hurt, some trauma, some pain. I'm quite sure she that she still can't talk about to this day. That she can't talk about to this day. I have three daughters. When I found out that I was pregnant with my oldest daughter, you know, I was young. I was 15. I was like, oh, I didn't get my period. Her father was the one who told me I was pregnant. And I'm like, what? Pregnant? What are you talking about? By the time I went to the doctor, I was like already four or five months pregnant. There was no way that I could have, you know, once I sat down and I spoke with the doctor and, you know, he told me what type of procedure that he could do at a second, second term. I was like, oh, no, there's no way. I was like, there's no way I would I would do that to, to my child. And so I have my daughter and my daughter's 30 years old and I'm glad I had her. I love her. My daughter is beautiful. And I have a beautiful granddaughter because of her. My, my second daughter, I was on birth control. And I just so happened, I, I must have missed the pill or whatever. And my body was off. And then I was like, damn. Went to the doctor, I was pregnant. I was like, you know what? This is a gift from God. I was like, you know, it was meant to have her. And I had her. But I had abortions before her. Because I always felt like I wasn't ready. But I was like, you know what? I'm going to have my child with or without this person. And this is with the narcissist. And I should have left him then because he really wasn't there for me throughout my pregnancy. 
He really was not there for me throughout my pregnancy. He came back after I had the baby. And unfortunately, he didn't leave my life until I finally was done with him and and got rid of him. And then my last daughter, um, she's my rainbow baby. Because before her, I actually had a miscarriage. And I would never forget. I was I, I this I I had I was I knew I was pregnant like I just felt different, but this pregnancy for whatever reason felt completely different. It just I don't know my body just felt different, and I can't even explain it. I, it's like I felt pregnant, but I felt empty. Like I didn't feel connected to this pregnancy. All my other pregnancies, I felt connected to the baby, and this man pressured me and I was just not feeling good. I was not feeling good. I was not feeling it. I was not, I just was like, oh, I don't. And he pressured me to have sex. And I had sex with him. And I tell you, I kid you not, I felt like something popped in my stomach. And I instantly knew that something was wrong. And a few days later, I started to experience cramping and pain. And I actually was having a miscarriage. When the pain got so unbearable, I finally went to the emergency room. And he took me to the emergency room. And I was laying there. And they were like, yeah, you know, you were pregnant. You're experienced. You know, they were telling me because I never experienced a miscarriage before. And they were telling me what I experienced. And I was like, okay. And I'm telling you, the cramping was so bad. Literally, I felt like my insides was coming out. And then initially, uh, like that last push, I just felt like a whole, like something just came out of me. Like I just felt like, like I said, my insides was coming out. And then after it came out, I finally felt a sense of relief. And then that's when the nurse was like, okay, yeah, you know, it came out or whatever. And, you know, told me what to do and followed up with me. Do you know, this narcissist looked at me and says, oh, you think you had a miscarriage because of all the abortions that you had? And I said, really? The abortions that I had because of you? And I'm telling you, these are the red flags. And I should have... But again, because I was young, I was unaware. I just didn't understand. I didn't know. I was clueless about narcissism. And I was just looking at this man like, how fucking insensitive could you be? How dumb could you be? And so I I just, and so, and then, you know, we were just, and then after that situation, you know, a few years had passed and, you know, nothing ever happened. And so I just thought after that incident that I couldn't get pregnant again. And so when I got pregnant with my last daughter, I tried to have uh, um, uh, my tubes tied after my second daughter. But they told me that, oh, you're still too young. Oh, whatever you want, more kids. Oh, you know, all this crap that they put you through. Again, I I had no regulation over my body. Because after my second daughter, I said I didn't want any more kids. I was done. Because I, I just didn't want to put my body, my body went through enough. When I tell you I had uh, my children, I had abortions, I my, my, my menstrual was bad, um, I had fibroids. I was like, I was going through so much just as a woman. And this man did not care at all. 
And so when I had my last daughter, I and you know, I had a C-section and I was like, I made sure everything was done. I was like, I don't want any more kids. Time my tubes. Like I had everything mapped out, planned out. I was, when I say I was done, I was done. And so I don't regret tying my tubes. I don't regret, um, I tied my tubes, right? I tied my tubes after my third daughter and I was completely done. I didn't want any more kids, but I was still having issues with my menstrual cycle. I was having problems with, like I said, the fibroids because of all the stress, because of all the things that I was going through. And I didn't attribute it to this narcissist. And if you understand narcissism, narcissists literally, they deteriorate your health over time. So the end goal, I couldn't take it anymore. Like my, my, when I say I was taking pills just to help me with the bleeding. And so I ended up getting the hysterectomy. And I mean, I wasn't planning on having any more kids and I was fine with that. And um, I look back on that situation, the whole situation, and I'm just like, all of the things that I've been through with this man, my sexual health was just like crazy. I mean, when I tell you sexually, all because this man and because I allowed, because like I said, I was unaware, I was clueless. So I take accountability in that. I'm not putting all the blame on him. But when you are conditioned, when you are expected, when the pressure is put on you to perform, even when you don't want to perform, because somebody don't respect you or respect your boundaries, and that's what it is. They don't respect you and they don't respect your boundaries as a person. You're not an object. Women are not objects just to be there for the man's pleasures, wants, needs, and desires. And if you end up in a situation with a man or men that's like this, run. Because they don't care about you. They don't, they'll wake you up in the middle of the night. And it's, I mean, granted, cool. I mean, we all do that. That happens. You know, sometimes you might, you know, get a little cuddly, cozy, and you might feel it rise again, you know, rise. And then you're like, oh, okay, cool. But it's a mutual thing. But if somebody wakes you up out of your sleep and automatically want to jump on top of you and and you're like, damn, I, I couldn't even, you know, give me a chance to warm up the engine. Like, you know, at least play with me, at least, you know, introduce some foreplay or something. They don't care about you. And as a woman, for a woman to come and say, oh, women are subservient to men. This woman, I don't know. I'm not going to judge this woman. But what's the mindset behind it? Because if you have to work all day, you have stress from work, stress from home, stress from whatever you got going on. You want to at least sit in your own space sometimes and enjoy whatever moment you can. For yourself, we all need those little moments where we can be a child, where we can just rest, where we can relax without walking on eggshells and feeling like as soon as he snaps the finger, we have to jump and perform. Like, this is crazy. This is crazy. Women should not have to be subjected or obligated to perform for a man at his will. And then he guilt trips you and tell you, oh, well, you know, there's women who still have to perform even when they're when they're when when they're um on their menstrual, they still want you to give them head. They still want you to play with them. They still want you to. This is the time where you know, like a lot of women, our bodies we go through so much. We go through so much. 
even before we get our period, you know, we're feeling moody, we're feeling crampy, we're feeling achy, we're feeling tired, we have a headache, our back hurt. You know, we just want to kind of be left alone. And if you're dealing with a man who's not attentive, who's not aware of you and, and what you're going through or how you're feeling, just to give you a back rub and say, you know, my back hurt, all oh, my cramps is coming and oh, baby, let me rub your back. Let me rub your feet. Let me rub your neck. Come here. Let me give you a massage. You know what? I'm going to run a hot bath for you. I'm going to run some Epsom salt. I'm going to make you some tea. Let's cuddle up on a couch. You know, you need me to go get you some snacks or some chips. Something. Because when a man's when a man understands and he knows and he's subservient to his woman, the woman will naturally reciprocate this back to the husband or the man or to the partner. She would naturally do it. Because he naturally cares and nurtures, nurtures nurtures her. And that's why I said it's, it's equal give and take. It's reciprocity. It goes both ways. It's not just one-sided. So people need to remove those subservient as if she's less than. Oh, a good woman. What does that have to do with anything? That has nothing to do. It does not matter. It does not matter. And this is why we have to change that rhetoric. We have to... That, that mindset that a woman is obligated to perform. When you are obligated or you're forced to do something, of course, you're, it, it's, it's going to be stressful. It's going to be, a, you, you feel pressure. Your mind is not in it. Your body is not in it. That's why I always say, excuse me, the man is who sets the tone in the home. The man is who sets his tone in the relationship. And if it's a safe space and a safe environment for the woman, she would naturally exude and operate in her feminine energy. And she would naturally create and cultivate the environment that the man, that the man has provided. So if the man is chaotic and toxic and unhealthy and demanding and controlling and manipulative and abusive what do you expect this woman to be because she will not know who she's getting in that moment that's the eggshells that's the gaslighting that's the you know now she's thinking other things than what it really is and it's abuse and women have been programmed and conditioned to accept abuse in relationships from their partners. I, I know because I was one of those women. I'm telling you, I remember so many times I just lay there and I just was like, oh, please hurry up. Like, please get off of me. Like, it was no emotion. It was nothing in it. It was just like watching the freaking walls, staring up into the sky. I would close my eyes and just imagine I was someplace else or with someone else. It was, when I tell you, it's the most disgusting feeling in the world. Because you know deep down inside, this person does not love you. This person is not connected to you. And this person only shows, and it's not even love, 
This person only connects with you when it's anything sexual. That's that hypersexuality. They sexualize everything. And they make you feel bad or they make you feel guilty or they uh, make you feel like you're obligated to give them sex. When there's all these other aspects of the relationship that they don't want to deal with, that they purposely avoid. Oh, but when it comes to the sex. Think about it. Think about it. Why is it a lot of women are saying that when they leave or not dealing with the father of their children. The father of their children don't want anything to do with them because they don't have access to the mom. And when they mean access, they mean sex. Because if that mom called and said, hey, you know, come, 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 oh, oh, come over, that man will come running. But call that man and ask that man for anything for his kids. He got excuses. Oh, I, I, I don't got it. Oh, I, I, I'll see what I could do. Oh, 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 I don't know. I'll let you know. But as soon as you put up boundaries, as soon as you cut off the sex, they want nothing to do with you and they want nothing to do with those children. Why do you think so many women are saying this? I have another point. And this is not me, but my oldest daughter. Her father has multiple kids with different women. And he, he probably, I always say he probably was a narcissist. Who knows? I didn't see, you know, I was, we were young and I never physically lived with him. But the stories that I was told about him screams narcissist. But anyway, he has two to three kids born literally within months of each other, months apart, right? So he was with this baby mother. He left her and cheated on her with another one, right? So they both got kids. Then he went back to the other baby mother, got her pregnant, and then went back to the other baby mother and got her pregnant. So there now it's four kids from two baby mamas back, literally back and forth. And he he and then the crazy thing about it is he would claim the first child, which is a son, but he wouldn't claim the second child, which is a daughter. And she looks just like him. When I tell you she was a spitting image of him, it was disgusting. I was just like, wow. But because now he couldn't run and hide from the truth of what he was doing. Now he backed the, oh, well, and then, you know, I spoke to him. I spoke to him personally about it. And I said, you know, you're not right. And you know what his response was to me? Oh, well, I told her to get rid of it. I told her I didn't want no baby. I told her, uh, you know, so she chose to keep her. So that's on her. But you went over there and you slept with this girl with no protection. You went over there and you slept with this woman with no, not girl, woman. With no protection. You knew what you was doing. You knew what you possibly was getting into. This is not your first rodeo. This is not your first go round. And you think he cared? Do you think he cared? But you see, God has a funny way of humbling people. God has a funny way of humbling people. 
Because I kid you not, the last encounter, we the last time that we literally were all together, um, I'm cool. I'm actually cool with with that baby mother. And I explained to him, listen, you know, because it was my daughter's baby shower. I said, listen, I'm inviting her and the kids to the baby shower. I've never had a problem with her. I've never had an issue with her and her kids. So if it's going to be a problem, you need to fix whatever you need to fix. Whatever issues y'all have, y'all leave it at the door. If you're coming with your other family, just keep it respectful. And he showed up without his other family. And she showed up with the two kids. And that man, I kid you not, he sat outside and he cried. I never seen him cry like that before. Because that man found out that he knew he had cancer and he knew he was dying. And all his fucked up ways and all the shit that he did and how he forsaked his children and all the shit that he did, it came back and it was haunting his ass. And all he could do was sit out there and cry because he knew, he knew that he had to pay for all the shit he did to those women to the women to us to his children he had to pay see if you don't humble yourself god will find and humble you in the worst way and this is why when I come on my podcast I told this is all real this is all real shit this is all real shit Men don't understand how women, what they have to go through on a daily basis, let alone to carry a child, let alone bring a child into this world, bring life into this world. And all these men care about is their five minutes of pleasure, 10 minutes of pleasure. Shit, if, if he's ambitious and he's on Viagra or some shit, 30 minutes of pleasure. That's all they care about. They don't care about the woman. They don't care about the kids. They don't care about... They don't care. All they care about is themselves. And a lot of women get caught up in these situations. They don't even understand what it takes to go through an abortion. Trust me, I've been there. They don't know. It's quick for them. Oh, go have an abortion. You know how many... I work in the medical field. You know how many women die? You know how many women get punctured or hurt? Or something happens to them where they they can't... They have to end up getting a hysterectomy. Or they can't have kids anymore. And all for what? You know how many women suffer from adverse reactions to birth control the hormonal imbalance of birth control no because a lot of men are not educated a lot of men don't want to be educated they don't care and this is why I said relationships are not beneficial to women 
for this woman to say that women or wives are a good woman as if to say you're a bad woman because you don't want to open your legs at will we're not prostitutes It's just sad and it's unfortunate in this day and age that you have women and people, women who are encouraging this type of behavior. And you have men who still see and think this way. It's crazy to me. Because when I was in that very unhealthy and toxic situation, like I said, I didn't even want that man touching me. When I say I felt disgusted. I knew when he was sleeping with other women, or men, who knows? I don't put nothing past him. I felt disgusted. I felt utterly disgusted. I, when I tell you, I felt the, 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 the toxic energy. And now that I'm no longer in that space, I feel completely different. When I tell you, I have no problems no problems with my partner at all in that department so I don't know who this message is for just know that sexual assault is prevalent and it's real in relationships and if you feel pressured or you feel obligated to perform or to be subservient it doesn't make you a bad person but you have to set boundaries you have to say no I don't feel good today I just want to relax I just want to it's, I'm, it's not that you're turning a lot of men don't like rejection that's their that's a problem and it's not even about rejection. You're not rejecting them. You just want to. It's nothing wrong with rest. It's nothing wrong with saying, baby, you know, maybe maybe later. Or, you know, let's, you know, let's find, you know, like, it's about communication. It's about understanding. It's about being attentive to your partner's wants, needs, and desires. But you shouldn't have to be pressured or obligated to perform at will because that's what they want. What about what you want? Your needs come first as well. Your desires need to be met as well. A relationship is a partnership. It's about serving each other, not being subservient, not being underneath someone. We are both important. Our needs are important. Our desires are important. But if and this man is not taking the time to understand why you're not in the mood or what's wrong or why you're not feeling well or why you don't want to have sex with them. That's a problem. That is a problem. And I'll leave you with this thought. When we were, when I was dealing with that narcissist and literally it was like I was at my wit's end and I wouldn't speak to him. And um, I, I was like, you know, we need to go to therapy. And, you know, at first he was, you know, hesitant about, you know, he was resistant. I wouldn't even say hesitant. He was resistant to therapy. And once he saw that I was really serious, you know, he scheduled the therapy because I wasn't going to do it. He had to do it. 
he scheduled the therapy. He found a therapist. He was putting it through his insurance. And um, when it came down time to therapy, this man looked looked me in my face and was like, oh, what well, well, we need to go to therapy for? Oh, we need to go to therapy to, to tell us how to have sex? And I looked at this man and I said, really? I said, if you think that sex is the only issue that we have in this relationship, something is really wrong. So I already knew that I was already done. Like at that point, I was done, done. At at that point, therapy wasn't even going to help. I knew that. And trust me, I only literally went to maybe two therapy sessions with him. And after that, I was done. I was like, I can't do therapy with him. I don't want to do, do therapy with him. I continued on and I did therapy without him. And due to HIPAA and due to confidentiality, my therapist couldn't go into details. But she even said, listen, you need to leave him. Just leave him. There's nothing that you could do for him. So when I say I know what I'm talking about, I know what I'm talking about. So for that being, with that being said, wishing you nothing but love and light. Please be sensitive. Educate yourself. Educate yourself. Education is key and it's going to liberate you. It's going to free your mind, your body, your soul. I'm telling you, you will not go wrong when you decide to educate yourself. With that being said, wishing you nothing but love and light. Stay blessed.